Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hi, hello, sweet listeners, and welcome back to the In the Meadow podcast. I'm your host, Victoria, otherwise known as Vic in the Meadow in all my corners of the internet. I am going to be so for real right now. I just had to record that literal first introductory sentence like five times because I am so flummy the flamingo. I think we're just unfortunately in that time of year where I'm just sick over and over and over again. I'm thankful it's not like full-blown sickness, but if anyone else has a crummy immune system, is on immune suppressants, if you know, you know you get your first bug of the season, it just stays. It never fully leaves you. Let me tell you, this week the the congestion is real. It's also 8 a.m. and I don't know about y'all, but in the winter I'm always extra stuffy first thing in the morning. So I'm very much trying to not let that come across over the audio because I know that's kind of Gross. Tis the season, am I right? We persevere. Anyhow, today we're going to be getting into talking about holiday overconsumption. I don't have a ton of personal notes, if anything really at all, at the top of the show I want to discuss. I've just still been doing my therapy homework, taking care of me, working through the Throne of Glass series, watching a lot of Christmas Hallmark movies, kind of lather, rinse, repeating the days right now. And I think that's totally fine. Y'all know I love a mundane and safe life. Let's just hop into it today and get into talking about overconsumption around Christmas and the holidays and how we can try and avoid that both with giving gifts, receiving gifts, decorating our home, and everything in between. There's no secret the chokeholds that capitalism has on the holidays. From Christmas gifts to work parties that you need to dress for to Christmas markets, buying food for get-togethers, holiday pajamas, and heaven forbid, you walk into HomeSense. There are just ways in our life, left, right, and center, that are trying to get us to consume and to spend. Also an interesting time of year because there's a lot of sales since American Thanksgiving with Black Friday and then after Christmas with Boxing Day. There's these consumerist-based quote-unquote holidays that haven't always existed with even more of a push to spend, spend, spend. It's so important to remember that no matter how much you save, you are still losing. You are still spending money. To mention the markup on products is so 
nuts. If you've ever seen Dragon's Den or what's the American equivalent Shark Tank, you know the profit margins. And you can like 10x that for these big companies. Companies have priced their products at a point where even at a sale price, they're still making wild profits. And again, I'm talking big companies, not small businesses. Anything, if you're supporting small businesses, you should support them outside of sales because often they can barely afford to give you those sale codes. A few companies actually, friend of the show, Ovary, uh, which I still have an active little coupie code for, for pregnancy and ovulation trips, they made a nice post this past Black Friday with American Thanksgiving. It's so weird, sorry, side note, it's so weird that Canada now is expected to do Black Friday, even though we don't have a, like, there's no long weekend for us on American Thanksgiving. Ours is back in October, yet all the Canadian companies are just expected to do Black Friday as well because American capitalism has leached into Canada. Anyways, friend of the show, Overy, they made a post on Black Friday explaining that they are just not able to offer 20% or more discounts and that they would not be able to participate in Black Friday with their profit margins. Me, I heavily respect that transparency and I think it's also important to remind the consumer that difference between small businesses and big box stores and companies. Anyways, I'm getting sidetracked, but my point here is that even when you think you're saving, you're still spending, you're still losing. It's just such a hard time of other influencers, friends we see online, commercials, YouTube ads, all pushing us to feel like we're having an insecurity, like there's a hole that we need to fill, that we could be a better person, a cooler person, if we had X, Y, and Z. All the Christmas gift guides out there right now too. Both again, makes you feel like you need to make your Christmas love to receive and that you need to buy all the perfect gifts to give. I'm sure throughout this you can hear, and again, I'm not a religious person, I'm sure for folks celebrating holidays related to religion, hopefully maybe there is some deeper meaning there. But for those of us that aren't religious, I feel like it's even more important to find an external meaning in Christmas, aside from the fact that it's really just a way that capitalism is preying upon us. For me, I really try and focus it on a time to slow down, bake, make bread, spend time with friends and family and eat food. Especially funny in this world of adults, right? where we're expected to buy for our grown siblings and our grown best friends and our, you know, grown parents. And it's like, as adults, you know, if you want something, generally you save up and you go out and buy it for yourselves. Why are we expecting other adults to buy stuff for us? Anyways, anyways, we're gonna get back on the rails, back into holiday overconsumption. As you can tell, I have a lot of thoughts about the toxicity that the capitalist society has gotten us in the grasp of. So, if you listened a couple episodes ago, we already talked about financial boundaries and the holidays in the episode titled, I believe, Setting Boundaries Around the Holidays. There might be a little bit of overlap here. So first, we're going to get clear on gifts that you are giving. You know, this is sometimes easier said than done, but don't buy out of obligation. Talk to your friends and family that you would like to buy for if that's in your budget and ask them if they need anything. If not, consider opting for a quality time gift together or a homemade gift. Make them bread, make them cookies, things that won't take up space. I'm sure as a lot of you know, one of the things that even as a kid would stress me out around Christmas was just receiving stuff. It's not to sound ungrateful, but we live already in such a capitalistic world and consumerism is so high. When all my extended family was giving me three different journals and 
all these little knickknacks that I didn't really know what to do with, I would get stressed because then I would have guilt of giving them away, not using them. So I think I've been really hyper aware as an adult that I don't ever want to create that feeling in somebody else. I also really like gifting experiences if it's in my budget and I do want to gift something. Things that are edible or don't take up a ton of space or is something that you know somebody actually needs. For my parents, they always say, and this is probably a classic, a lot of your parents say, oh, don't waste your money on me. In the same vein of things, I want to give back something to my parents because they made Christmas so magical for me growing up. In hard times, my mom and stepdad are still very much there to support me. What I like to do, because I know they have a ton of stuff, my mom is constantly talking about decluttering and deep cleaning their house. Every Christmas, I like to try and do an experience if it's in the budget. It's not this year. This year, I knitted them gifts, which I know they will appreciate, but previous years, I've done Bare Naked Ladies concert tickets, which they loved. And again, it's something that they wouldn't go out of their way to purchase purchase for themselves. It created an opportunity for them to go into the city, have a little date night, and they had a ton of fun at that. I've also booked them an Airbnb before where I just said, hey, these two dates, are you guys going to be off of work? And I said, just leave the calendar blank. And at a cute little town, you know, within an hour away, I booked them at a little like Victorian house, Airbnb, that actually did breakfast. Like it was a bed and breakfast. I got to go be tourists in a town nearby and just see it from a different way and explore, have dinner, sleep in a different bed. Feel like it was a little bit of a special weekend. I think that's the nice thing with gifting experiences too, is it just gives people a little change of pace. This can be great for kids as well. I know it might seem a little bit easier for adults, for you know nieces and nephews, your friends' kids. If you're wanting, again, to get them something, get them a pass to the Butterfly Conservatory, to the Children's Museum. A lot of towns have arts and crafts centers specifically for classes for kids. I know when I was a kid, I would have thought that was the bee's knees. And it's something for them to look forward to as well. Then when I am buying things, I try to support Made in Canada as much as I can and buy from companies with similar ethics and values to mine, not just buying things to buy something. And listen, I know there is no ethical consumption under capitalism. I understand that, but we can do our best. Interesting as well, because there's a lot of interesting laws that can make it tricky to figure out what's actually made in Canada versus some sneaky sneaks that just put a label saying manufactured in Canada where they get all the pieces and get it pretty much assembled overseas and then just put it in a package here in Canada and then say manufactured in Canada. I really love companies that are transparent with showing the facilities where their product is made, talking about and disclosing the materials that go into making their product if they're claiming to be sustainable. Basically showing the receipts. That's something that's important to me because our economy is really struggling up here in Canada. I think that's probably something happening in the States as well. The more I can support other people working in our country, I would love, I would love to do that. I love supporting a small business. It's been a favorite of mine and only going to one Christmas market this winter. I try and limit myself because again, I don't want to set myself up to impulse buy things. Every year I go to the Ukrainian Christmas market and buy from Ukrainian Canadian makers and small businesses. For me, that's a perfect place to find things for the few people in my life that I am buying for. I can feel good in supporting my community and the Canadian economy. So translate that to wherever the heck you're from, just supporting within your community if you can. But again, regarding boundaries, 
if you haven't yet listened to the setting boundaries for the holidays, because that is where we talk a little bit more about having those tough conversations about not buying gifts for people. This is just touching on that overconsumption element of if you are buying for other people. And the chances are, if you're already mindful about overconsumption in the holidays, you're probably not so concerned with buying for other people anyways, because you might already be mindful of that. And again, as adults, we generally have the means to get things that we need throughout the year. So don't feel obligated to spend money you don't have on things that people don't need. Next, we want to get clear on the gifts that you're receiving. I live in a very, very old, small apartment. I don't have room for stuff. I take my home very seriously. It is my safe place. It is what I've curated, where I'm comfortable. I have all my wonderful favorite things that I have collected over the years on display. Might sound rude or selfish. I don't want stuff coming in here and ruining that vibe. And I am someone where I am not afraid to donate or re-gift gifts that are just not vibing the vibe with me. Thankfully, this has not happened in a very, very long time for me, again, because of the boundaries that I set. I think as well, my parents must have felt this way growing up because I was definitely raised in a household where my parents said when we went to extended Christmas gatherings, I got gifts from extended family who maybe don't know you the best. You would come home and my mom would say, okay, we can go through your gifts. If there's anything you don't think you're gonna use, you don't want, give it to me and we'll set it in a box and we'll donate it to someone who could use it. I was super lucky to grow up in that mindset where again, I would feel really overwhelmed. My mom would handle that situation with me. I've also gone through many a declutter, simple living. I don't want to say minimalist because I'm not minimalist and I don't love that word. Just the mindset of letting go of objects and materialistic things. I've done a lot of the, the inner work, if you will, on that. So giving away Christmas gifts isn't something I feel super bad about, but I prefer not to do it. And I prefer people to not waste their hard earned money that they could definitely use on food or something else in their life than on a gift for me that's not really something that I need in my space. How did I get to this point? Communication, which is a very common theme. Let your extended family know you don't have room for more things, or if they insist, be clear about things you do need. Even if it's something you think is boring, like a new stainless steel pot and pan, a little basket of cleaning products. If you are needing like basic household items, say, I would love if you put together a basket of cleaning products to, and be specific, clean my bathroom in the shower, the toilet, mop my floors. Might sound silly, but again, putting it in that frame of like, we'll put together a little kit, gives the person who's insisting on buying you something purpose, meaning and explaining to them how it could really help you. Or if you're like, you know what? I really don't need things. They're not, they're not taking the hints them for an experience. Thing that can support your community. So maybe you ask for a massage gift card, tickets to a play at the local theater, gift card to your hairdresser that you know you're gonna go to anyhow. I think that's a great one. And I've done that in years past as well. When the economy was a little more stable, probably like five or six years ago, was actually how I met my reflexologist who isn't a reflexologist anymore, but is a very dear friend of mine where there was a Christmas and I was like, I don't need stuff. My mom insisted on buying me something, said, oh, you know what? Maybe I should like look into getting gift cards to like take care of myself because that's something I sometimes lack. Part of that was her getting me a gift card for reflexology. And I think she also got me a gift card for like an indie head massage and a facial. And I remember that. I can't tell you what she got me last year off the top of my head, but I remember those experiences so much more. And it's so much more of a treat as well. If it is those things that you don't 
typically do as well. I think that's a super fun one and I think that that's totally appropriate to request. Again, at the end of the day, communication both in giving and receiving to avoid the overconsumption is key. Third, for avoiding this holiday overconsumption, going away from the gifts, take inventory of your space, wherever you're living, whether it's a bedroom, an apartment, a house. I have a very important rule and I swear by this rule for any season if you're swapping out any home decor and that is that you do not buy any new decor or clothes until all of your holiday decor and winter clothes are out. We'll very quickly realize you already have more than enough and you'll see what you actually have room for. Again, this is big for me because I live in a small apartment. So I, you know, might walk into HomeSense before I have Christmas up and be like, oh my gosh, this little Santa figure is so stinking cute. Or this Christmas cutting board is so fun. No, 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 no. Because I don't know if I have room for those yet. And then suddenly I get all my Christmas bins from my parents' basement, bring them to my apartment, start setting it up and I'm overwhelmed. I'm like, no, nope, this is enough visual clutter. I like the coziness, but there's a fine line for me between cozy and overwhelmed. Once I get it up and can see it all, I feel very satisfied. With my winter clothes, there's such a weird push online by influencers these days who are also because they're getting free PR, who are constantly every season posting new fall haul, new winter sweater order from H&M. Not normal to be buying new clothes every season, every year. Unless you're a growing child. An adult though, it's not normal and the internet has made us think, I think, that it is normal. It's not. I promise that your sweaters from last year are more than enough. Probably already have too many hats and too many pairs of mitts. They will do. You don't need the must-have winter coat find of this year. If yours keeps you warm, you don't need another one. Appreciate what you have and remember when you wanted what you have now. I really like that quote and it's very humbling in my opinion. It's easy to get down on ourselves, especially again right now where the economy is really hard. And I just think to myself, I'm having a Dr. Pepper right now at 8.30 a.m. in my own apartment, in my pajamas. 20-year-old me would be like, girlfriend, you're living the life. Again, it's just sinking into that abundant feeling of you already have what you need. There is a difference between need and want. Something else I like to remember is make. If you feel like you need new and you still want to get that dopamine rush, talked about this a bit last week, but make some like dried orange garland, some popcorn garland, bake Christmas cookies, make paper snowflakes, use your hands, use things you already have at home to make something new. If you're having that itch, if you're seeing all those videos online of people decorating for Christmas, going to, going to Target, going to HomeSense, these crazy weekly hauls that influencers seem to do. Guarantee they return half of this. How are people going shopping every week for decor and how do they have the room? I like to go and do a craft. Recently, I did a little ornament craft while I was feeling very anxious and panicky and I needed something to do with my hands other than scroll. I think I looked it up on Pinterest, like scrap yarn ornament and I made little initial ornaments for my partner and I for the tree where you just trace the first letter of your name in a block letter on cardboard, cut it out, glue down a little piece of string to hang as the ornament on it. And then you just wrap it and glue a little bit along the way with yarn. And then you have like a cutie little ornament. And my partner thought it was the cutest dang thing. Turned out better than I expected. It was fun and it filled that little hole of I was feeling anxious. I needed something to stimulate me. So I made something, it was low cost, no money was spent. It scratched the itch. So traveling along to my next points and my next little tips that I have. 
This one might seem obvious, but it's something I've really implemented the past year and it might make me a boring person, but that is just avoid malls and stores in general, especially the home decor stores. If it is tempting for you, just stay home, go for a walk. Remember that shopping is a temporary dopamine hit and not a financially sustainable hobby. It also further fuels that not enoughness feeling in you where you see things and you're like, oh, my house could look so much cooler with these things. For me especially, I don't let a lot of people into my space. So regardless, like who would I be trying to impress anyways? My mom? Me? Like I'm not going on architectural digest. Welcome AD to my, my home, my crib. No, it's just for me anyhow. I've already curated a cozy space with things that I have. And it's doing a lot of that mental work to unpack and recognize when you're scrolling on social media, all the little pushes to consume those Things that create that not enoughness feeling in you and being able to recognize that and detach yourself and be like, good for them. I don't need that. That's not for me. In that same kind of note, stay offline. TikTok can feel like one big advertisement, especially around the holidays. It is. A lot of these are paid posts, whether they're disclosing or not. All the Amazon must-haves out there, the Christmas decor trends. Right now, there's about that $1,000 tree from Home Depot that's trending, making people go out and buy new trees when they don't even need one. It's nuts. The constant push to spend and keeping up with the Joneses. Fucking exhausting. I don't want any part of that. Log off. Click not interested if you're on TikTok. Get off the apps. Find different apps on your phone. If you're like really in the habit of going to your phone, go to the freaking weather network. Look up how the weather is across the world. Do literally anything else. I like to scroll Goodreads like it's the morning freaking news instead of social media. See what my favorite influencers and friends are reading. Straight up deleted Facebook app from my phone. I'll occasionally delete Instagram and TikTok apps if it's really not it for my weekend and my time off. And I am abusing that power of having them on my phone. Just do what you need to do to take yourself out of these scenarios where you're feeling that push to spend. Okay. On to my next point here for things where you're like, okay, so I've got the few gifts that I'm giving. How can we be mindful of that overconsumption even further? How can we take it a step further? Let's talk about things like wrapping gifts. I am someone where my mama raised me like this. She did this too. We have our little drawer or bag of bags where throughout the year, if you're given gifts and the tissue paper is still in good shape, we fold that, we keep it, we reuse. You go to a little independent business with those nice little craft brown paper bags, doesn't get recycled, goes in the bag so that you can use that to give a gift or give a box of cookies as well. Collecting those little paper bags will make you never have to buy another gift bag in your life. I even used Lush bags when I used to shop for some of my shower products at Lush. I would save those bags and I'd give them, I'd be like, hey, don't get your hopes up. It's not from Lush, it's just the bag. It doesn't, it's literally just a vessel to hold something else. It's so silly that people spend so much money on wrapping supplies. So what I use is I collect those brown paper bags. Once every couple of years, I buy a big roll of craft recycled brown paper. So there's no specific pattern on it. I can use it for birthdays, Christmas. I can't think of any other holidays. Whatever occasion might arise to give a gift, I can use that same roll of paper. I use a dollar little bundle of kitchen twine that I get from Dollarama to wrap around it. And then I'll add in a cinnamon stick from my pantry, dried flowers, because I always dry my flower bouquets, a little sprig of 
dried leaves or eucalyptus. And if it's Christmas, if you have your dried oranges, pop one of those on there, boom, you've decorated your wrapped gift without having to go buy excessive amounts of different patterns of Christmas wrapping paper. Something else I actually did this year, and I think I talked about this in another podcast, but I can't remember. Back in July, I was at the thrift store and they had some random, they always have their seasonal aisle. They had some random Christmas in July out. And there was a three pack of wrapping paper that looked straight out of the 1990s. And it was, I think it was $1.99 for three rolls of old wrapping paper. So I bought it and I said, I will use this for the next like five years of Christmas to come. Cheaper than buying even my brown paper roll, which I still have some of. Saved it from going to landfill. So keep an eye at your thrift stores as well for wrapping paper. That was something I'd never thought of before until I checked that seasonal aisle. You're at the thrift store too. You can also thrift fabric. And this is something that I think I did a real... I don't know if it made it to Instagram. I, I for sure did a TikTok, but there's a word for it and I can't remember. I think it originates from Japan, but it's the art of wrapping gifts in fabric. And frick, I wish I could remember the word. I'm gonna say it starts with an F, but I can't remember. Anyhow, you wrap your gifts in a little pretty piece of fabric or a bandana or a silk scarf, whatever it might be. And then that's part of the present. I especially like to do this with scarves for people that I know might wear them like a little silk tie. You know what I mean? Not like a winter scarf. It's sustainable. It's pretty. You can do it in a tea towel as well. I've done this with tea towels where it's like, boom, part of their gift. I'll just thrift a little tea towel. Usually costs less than a thing of wrapping paper anyways, and it can be used. Or you can tell them they can use that fabric to wrap something that they're going to give to someone. Of course, you can use old newspapers. That is, I feel like, a trick as old as time. And old chocolate tins, cookie tins. If you're gifting baked goods, you don't need to go out and buy the seasonal containers. Even if they're from the dollar store, there's so much overconsumption that can happen by buying things just because they're quote unquote cheap. Because so much of this just ends up in the landfill and that's such a problem with Christmas is how much of an overconsumption holiday it is and how many things are bought that are just disposed of. So at the end of the day, reconsider your holiday values and keep a clear focus on them. For me, that is, like I said, quality time with my partner. For you, maybe this is with your partner, your pets, your family, your kids, best friend, whatever it might be. Another one for me is getting outside more, which we talked a little bit about last week. We're going to talk more in a couple weeks when we talk about my frugal girl winter. It's something that I'm never very good at in Canadian winters and something that I really want to do more of. And I want to center that around Christmas with opportunities to go for a walk in the snow, look at Christmas lights, get a hot chocolate with a friend, enjoy some bread and cheese with my family. My third core value of the holidays is rest, rest and recovery. Holidays can be a very stressful time for people. Half the time it's self-induced stress where you're putting all this pressure on yourself to perform, to show up, to spend, live up to a standard that you have set. And that's not to say that it always is. I understand there's also obligations that feed into this, expectations. Such a common time of year for people to face burnout, severe depression from financial instability. That's what I mean and realigning your values to avoid getting into those dark places. So for me, rest is key. I'm like, I'm not going to be one of those people. By this year, back in November, by like the first week of November, I was done my Christmas shopping. Financially, think about my finances throughout the whole year. And my mom, again, raised me to be this person where throughout the year, if we see something we know a loved one that we would like to buy Christmas for would like, we buy it at any time and we put it away for Christmas so that there's no financial hardship or obligations when it comes to Christmas time. I don't want that pressure. I don't want it to feel like I'm buying things out of obligation. I also decorate the first week of November so that it's up. I don't feel pressure once it's close to Christmas. I do it at a time where my schedule is a little freer. Work is less busy for me because work gets very busy in November and December for me at my day job 
which I recognize and I plan accordingly to, to set myself up for success so that I can focus on rest. Every Sunday, I bake my bread for the week. I make hard boiled eggs or egg bites. I make cookies or brownies. I use my day to rest, watch movies and bake things so that throughout the week, I will have snacks to grab and go. Just try and really be mindful that it can be a hectic season and I leave a lot of space for opportunities and things that might come up. On a random Friday night, if one of my friends says, hey, do you wanna to get together and go to a cafe and get a tea and catch up? I can with clarity agree to it and enjoy my time and not feel stressed and burnt out and it can feel like a restful nice time to do something and like we talked about last or two weeks ago maybe it was with the boundaries episode i'm very selective of what i say yes to very very selective so that i do have lots of downtime to just enjoy the holidays myself too there's so many things i just love to do by myself to have a nice cup of tea curl up with my christmas books my little christmas tbr stack i take my christmas hallmark movies very seriously this saturday I work until I think two o'clock and then there's a new Christmas movie on at six and another at eight. Back to back, double feature. You bet your ass. I am excited to have a Saturday night in watching my Hallmark Christmas movies. I'm going to do a foot bath in my little tub, use my foot massaging machine, a little peppermint tea. And that sounds like an incredible weekend. I love to have nothing on my calendar so that I can do whatever the heck I want. I think that's one of the funnest parts of being an adult in setting boundaries is just living a life that you are happy with and i love my quiet little life of watching my silly little movies reading my cutie little books doing whatever the frick i want to do that pretty much wraps up this episode i know it's been a little bit shorter than some of the episodes before because we skipped to the personal chat since i am a little under the weather and throughout this episode i feel like i'm Getting through my denial of being like, no, I am definitely a little stuffy. My sinus is a little sore. So I am running out of steam a little bit sooner, but I think we covered all the bases. And again, if you're listening to this, you're probably already someone who is a little bit mindful or wanting to be mindful of overconsumption. And we don't have to go into the nitty gritty of why you don't need 12 different moisturizers. And we can get just right into those tips of giving, receiving, home decor, eliminating temptation. And I think we did a fine job of that today. And I hope that if anything, this can just keep you mindful going into the month of December and overconsumption and avoiding that and avoiding the financial and mental stress on yourself of needing to consume and to give. I hope we can all have a more chill holiday season than prior. It's exhausting out there. And I think that every Christmas has felt a little bit harder every year the past couple of years. And I hope that next year we will have some reprieve in that but who knows who knows and these are good mindsets to carry through the rest of the year with as well i hope that that was helpful next week we're going to be talking about grief and the holidays so i know i mentioned a lot of the pretty much every episode in december is very holiday centered or winter centered because i think it's an important time that we have these conversations again i'm i'm not a professional i will definitely reiterate that in the next episode but As someone going through the first Christmas without a little member of my family, it's something that I wanted to touch on with my current feelings, my first time going through this, and little itty bitty things that are helping me along the way. I hope you are enjoying this little holiday series. I've had a few messages of people saying that it is just the perfect timing to be listening to this and chatting about these things. I appreciate that. I think a lot of us are on the same page and the same wavelength. That's something I really appreciate about this community 
of folks that we've gathered here today. So grateful for you all being here. It is a Friday as I'm recording this. I'm actually supposed to go get a massage this afternoon. I'm gonna have to check in with her and make sure she's comfortable with me being a little sniffly coming or if she would prefer to rebook. I am happy either way, whatever she would like to do. Oh, but a massage would be, it would be just lovely. Either way, I am off from my day job today, so it's going to be a very chillaxed day. I already did my exposure therapy homework this morning, like I mentioned, at the bright time of 7.30 a.m., which is a lovely time to be doing the exposures I've been doing. Again, I know I've had some people on Instagram message, and I created a little highlight on my profile about OCD for my stories that I occasionally share, asking specifics of what exposures I'm doing. First of all, it's very deeply personal. I've talked about it a bit, and if you look into a metaphobia OCD, contamination OCD exposure lists, I'm sure you could find it. I am going to talk about it though when I'm ready. I'm gonna do a whole podcast about it, talking about the nitty gritty of what that looks like for me, how I have handled it, and the exposures that I've done. But let me just tell you, it's a very unpleasant for anyone way to start the morning. Even in therapy, my therapist was like, I'm feeling a little nauseated right now uh, doing what we're doing. And I'm going to, I'm going to let you do that. And I'm going to not do that with you. And I said, that's okay. I understand. OCD doesn't present this way. You're here to help me. I've had a heck of a morning and I'm recording this and I'm probably just gonna edit this and I don't know, go watch a Hallmark Christmas movie. Do I do anything else? Do you have leftover cheese tortellini and Parmesan green beans that I made for lunch yesterday that I'm gonna have for lunch today that I am extremely excited about? Do you work tomorrow, tomorrow's Saturday at my office? So I'm treating today like a little Saturday for myself since my days off are a little disjointed. Not much new going on with me. We will be back next Sunday and every Sunday morning at 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time with new episodes. Y'all seem to like the Sunday upload schedule. Good way to either end the week or save it for Monday and start your week. A reminder, if you feel so inclined, you can go and leave me a quick rating on Spotify or Apple. I know it's super easy on Spotify. You can just go to my podcast page and click stars and rate it at a five stars, whatever the heck you think it is worthy of. If you feel like typing a review on Apple Podcasts, I don't actually quite know how to even do that myself, but if you're tech savvy and feel like it, how about it? Or I really appreciate when y'all just send me a message, let me know what you're thinking, how you're doing, whatever. Y'all know the whole spiel. I'm just grateful for you all being here. I hope you enjoyed this episode and are going to be mindful of overconsumption always, but especially around the holidays. And I will see y'all next Sunday to talk about navigating grief and the holidays. Have a wonderful week, my friends. 
Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.